Good morning, guys. Luke here. Welcome back. Hope you had a lovely weekend. In today's podcast, we're talking about some changes that have rolled out with iOS 17.2. One of those is the ability to use Animojis without Face ID. We're also talking about uh, a new pricing strategy or a new pricing tool for Apple, which gives the ability to test contingent pricing for subscriptions. So if you're in the app development market or you you help app developers or you do marketing, uh, this is a big one. And then we're gonna talk about a classic game, Mario 64. Uh, the Verge released a cool article and I did a bit of homework on it. And it's talking about Luigi being available in the original version. So we're gonna talk about that as well. So let's jump in. We'll talk about iOS 17.2 and Animojis. All right, guys, so I was doom scrolling on Reddit this morning, and uh, turns out that if you've got the iOS 17.2 update on your device, it looks like you can now create Animojis without having Face ID. And uh, this is actually a pretty big deal because for the longest time, um, you had to have a device like an iPhone that had Face ID to create Animojis. And essentially, it looks like you can now do it even on your iPad. So if you've got a, an older iPad, you can go into uh, the contacts section of your device and you can create an emojis. And they work exactly like you would expect. Um, so you can, you know, obviously create animated versions of yourself. You can do the, the, the little animals and stuff like that. And you can move and you can smile and open your mouth and, and do various things and it will track your face and create those Animojis. So uh, it's pretty interesting because when Apple released the iPhone X, uh, Face ID and Animojis was a big sort of draw card for people to, you know, go out and upgrade their phones. And um, now that we have... Animojis on devices that don't have Face ID. I think it's uh, it's just a little bit weird. <laughs> I mean, personally, I never really use Animojis. I don't. I think I've used it for a, a week when it first came out. I was like, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. Never used it again. Um, I typically use more of the reactions on iMessage, um, and I've been experimenting a little bit more with uh, what are they called? Uh, when we go into a message now and we can add a sticker, I find that those are just a more of a quicker way to engage with people in my contacts and iMessage list. But yeah, if you, you know, you, you've got an older device, an older iPad that doesn't use Face ID, you can go in and start using this. Uh, what's interesting is I imagine that this probably will work on say like the iPhone SE which obviously doesn't have Face ID. It's still got Touch ID. Um, I don't have an iPhone SE to test it on. Um, but if you do have one, shoot me a quick email and let me know, guys. I'm interested to see if it is working on the older iPhone. So, yeah, there's a little um, Reddit conversation, uh, a link if you want to go and check it out. There's not a lot of information about it. Apple didn't release anything at, uh, whatsoever. So just be aware of that. Um yeah, if, if you want to start using it, uh, it looks like probably the iPad's the best way to do it right now. But um, yeah, if you want to check it out and get a bit more info, there is a video of someone using it and how it works. And it, it looks perfect. Like there doesn't seem to be any issues with 
the Animojis working whatsoever. All right. So, yeah, let's jump into our next topic. So, guys, uh, there was an article today on TheVerge.com and uh, also uh, 9to5Mac. And it's just talking about an update that Google, Google, Apple (laughs) has rolled out for App Store developers. So, what they can do is they can now offer discounted subscriptions uh, for multiple apps. So, You have to read into it because it's a little bit tricky to understand, but basically it's just saying that developers will be able to base the subscription from one developer or two developers, which lets them not only entice customers they already have uh, on their other apps, but also uh, compete by offering deals to their competitor subscribers. And yeah, basically what, what it's sort of saying, if you read between the lines here, is if you're an app developer and you want to offer subscriptions for multiple services, uh, you can do that with this upcoming change. So I, I imagine this is going to be really good for, let's say, okay, here's, here's a good example. Optus, if you sign up through the Optus app, they allow you to have uh, multiple services that you pay for through your phone bill. I think it's called Subhub from memory and essentially you can have Netflix, you can have Paramount Plus, you can have Disney, you can have Optusport, KO, all of those streaming services all bundled together and you get a discount by having multiple like subscribes, subscribers, multiple subscriptions all bundled together. So Apple is kind of breaking into this world by uh, you can have discounts if you have uh, multiple subscriptions all tied together. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I know personally, uh, I'm kind of paying for like Disney through Google and then, you know, I've got Amazon through Amazon. I've got Apple, I think Netflix is through Apple. It's all over the place. So, you know, if you can bundle all of these together, offer a, a decent discount, it's going to make a lot of sense. Um Apple obviously has a similar service where you can have uh, multiple Apple subscriptions. So like uh, access to iCloud, Apple TV, um, the gaming service, and you can kind of bundle it all together. Um, I know personally, like I'm probably one of the only people I know that has this, but um, I've got Apple Music, I have Spotify, I have YouTube Music, and I have Amazon Prime Music. I don't really ever use all of them. I probably use Spotify the most. Um, But if you're the kind of person that has multiple streaming services like that, if you can bundle them together, it just makes sense. It's like, it's just a no-brainer for a lot of people. So um, this is a smart move, I think, from Apple's behalf. It doesn't say um, exactly what's going to happen. It doesn't really tell us a lot about the, the details, but it's just saying that it is coming soon and it'll bring developers on board in the coming months and there is currently a pilot program right now. So when it is a bit more concrete, I'll do a, a bit more of an update, but I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, maybe you're in the app development market. Who knows? But um, yeah, let's move on to our final topic for the day, which is uh, a nice little Easter egg for Mario 64. 
So, guys, uh, there was a little update. Um, I think it might have been on The Verge or maybe it was on Twitter. But uh, they were talking about Mario 64. And uh, Mario 64 was probably one of my all-time favorite games, actually. Um, I remember specifically ordering the N64 and uh, watching a VHS. They actually had like a pre-release VHS. I've still got it. And it showcased a number of games coming out on the 64. Mario 64 obviously being the major release title for for the N64. Anyway, um, it was a great game. There was just so many great elements about it. Uh, Obviously, the first open-world, three-dimensional Mario game ever created. And um, what's interesting is if you watch the video on The Verge, uh, it's on YouTube, but there is a very short glimpse of Luigi being in the original game. And uh, this video on YouTube is, uh, I think it's, I'm going to say it's Japan. It's uh, a number of N64s set up in a row and people are lining up to play it and they're lining up to have a go at playing Mario 64. And you can see Luigi doing a backflip on the screen. Now, if you didn't own Mario 64, uh, I'll just let you know that Luigi never made it into that game. It was just Mario. Um, Still amazing. But later on, what actually happened was Nintendo re-released the game for 3DS. And um, you could play play the whole game. But there was additional characters. uh, Luigi, Yoshi, and Wario. I never actually played that version of the game. Um, but I imagine maybe Nintendo in in the first iteration of Mario 64 really wanted to add additional characters, but uh, probably due to time constraints and resources, they pushed back on the idea and just kept it as Mario. Um, so yeah, if, if you want to see a little bit of a golden nugget, a bit of gaming history for the N64, there's a short video. Go and check it out. You can see Luigi in the original game, which is really cool. Um, So yeah, just a really interesting little tidbit there. Um, I've actually been playing a lot of the classic N64 games on the Switch at the moment. I've been playing a little bit of Jet Force Gemini, which um, I absolutely love. It's it's definitely one of the best games ever made. And um, yeah, if you wanna go and check that one out, you will need to grab Nintendo Switch Online and that obviously opens up a whole heap of additional games. A lot of classics, GoldenEye's in there, all the Mario Party games are in there as well, so heaps of old school um, Nintendo games that you can go and pick up. All right, guys, super fun podcast for today. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you tomorrow. Cheers.